You know, I've managed. Check one, two, testing. Hey. Hey. Pull the mic. Closer. A lot closer. Like, like so that. So it's like a microphone. Oh. Like a fist away. Yeah, but don't make that motion. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, wrong t- wrong we're not team. Filming not that yet. there's anything wrong with that. No, we're not filming yet, but that was that was good, Brian. It's good to know. <laughs> um, good morning. Thank you no for coming problem. on. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. So lighten up, relax. Let your shoulders down. I'm on your side. Well, you know, my shoulders are tight from that surgery thing, so you. they're not going to go down that far. My shoulders are wicked. <laughs> if I could just have half a shoulder as you, I'd be, you know, just a better guy. Uh, no, you don't want to go through this. I don't. Like, I don't wish shoulder surgery on anyone. A l- pull it a little bit closer. I, you know Shay? Say, I love Shay, but she, I had her on the podcast, and she never had the microphone really close, so I was like, oh, no. And then when I played it back, it was a little faint. So so is that better? That's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot louder. So you wear the headphones, and I didn't understand this, but the reason we wear the headphones is so we can hear our voice. Right. And if you can't hear yourself, you're not close enough. Then, then you're way off. And if distance. we do better, if I do better at these podcasts, I will invest into new microphones. <laughs> um, I ran this morning with my buddy James, and I, you know, I got him to do the podcast, and he was telling me this morning, he goes, I cannot believe how great it sounds. It does actually sound really good. It sounds really good, and this is not. And uh, and you know well, my it, setup is pretty low budget. Uh, it, it's far superior to anything I have. So kudos. Well, and I was first of all, let me take care of business. Can you introduce yourself? Uh, Ryan Peters, uh, local business person, volunteer, firefighter, etc. That's that's you, that qualifies you for the podcast. Okay, because it's really about just you know, and I told you this before. It's just sharing your journey that either brought you, kept you into Rehoboth, and what you do right. around here. So having said that, I thought, Jesus Christ, if I have Ryan on and I bring him to my podcast studio, that guy is going to build a better podcast studio. No, 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 no. That's, um, you know, I have some friends that do podcasts and they're really good at it and uh, I'll be on some. We had this discussion. I know. um, Where I was like, it's not really my cup of tea, but I can talk once I get going. So, um well, yeah. I never think it's anybody's cup of tea, you know, and I, I think we're all, all, I know for most things that I do, I always think I'm never going to be good at anything. You right. know, I'm, it's not my, it's, it's my lazy reaction. You know, if I spend a little time and brain power and look, you know, put a little research into, I realize I, I could probably be all right at it. Right. But right away I said, oh, I'm terrible at it. So that's what everyone says. I don't have anything to say, but you know, an hour and a half later, I'm like, Hey, shut it down. I've amigo. got somebody else coming in. I'm going to need you to leave now. Yeah. Well, I have nobody else coming in today. You're my, you're my one. <laughs> guy and I really appreciate it because you know it's tough when you start and you know and, and I was laying in bed because I will say that I you know it's tough to do a podcast it's the it's like two parts you know I got to find someone to do one you know it's tough to, for me to walk up to you and say hey can you do my podcast cuz right away this look and it's you know I, I understand I think you actually approached my wife and said I think Ryan should do the podcast. And then no, we'll, I talked. I asked you. Did you hit? I, I nope. I hit you first because I saw you. You did we hit her up as the, well, so you I reinforced did. it with her, and she's like, "I think it's a really good idea." Well, and I, you know, and I, 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 you know, and and credit to you because I come up with all sorts of crap that I bring to you. You know, I came up with a social app. Can you yes. try it? Give me a week. I'll check it out. Right. You know, it's always something hair salon. So. It, I always, there's like a group of people, like a solid group of people. And I, I really do consider you, and I told you this, and maybe this is what got you to do this, but you know, you're an inspiration to me and probably to other people. And you probably don't consider yourself that, but you know, a guy that decides he's going to do something and then does it 
is a big deal. And, you know, it makes me go, all right, do that last 10%. Finish the job, you know, because it's fun to fantasize about stuff. But to finish it, it you're a great example of that. It is. Um, and I'm kind of realizing it more now with some of the social media stuff um, and the gym, you know, with being in front of a bunch of other people. Um how much even the smallest actions can inspire other people to make positive changes in their life. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, obviously I post a bunch of stuff about the fire service. That's something I'm really passionate about. Um, I found later in life. And um, I get a random, a couple now uh, this year, uh, random Instagram messages. Not creepy ones, but there was a guy in California who had struggled with addiction and pills and been in rehab and you know, ballooned up to 300 some pounds and then came back from that. And he's like, you know, I've been watching what you do and I just applied to go through the local fire academy. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm tired of sitting in a cubicle. Like I can do more than this. And he's like, I just wanted to thank you for putting this stuff up there. Cause you know, my wife's supportive of this, you know, I- I'm going for it. And that's, that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. That is exactly what it's all about. So <clears throat> that's when I asked you, and then I ran into your wife later the day at Pete's Steak Shop. Yes. And your daughter, who's, I, you know, I just remember as a little baby. So she's, you know, looked like she's turned, doing a good job with her. But I said, Amanda, why don't you be on the podcast too? And she goes, get Ryan to do it, and then I'll do it. <laughs> so let's not fuck this up. No, we won't. We won't. Because uh, we want to get Amanda. She's like, I got a lot of people I can send your way. And- you know, the podcasts are fun because it's really, you know, people say, well, let's see, you know, I can talk about the business. I go, let's talk about what got you here. You know, let's, you know, this morning I was at Community Bank. I remember when I first wanted to open a salon, I went to all these banks and they nobody would lend me any money. And I went to Community Bank and they said, yeah, we'll do it. And I, so this morning I posted a picture of Community Bank and I said, hey, thank you for lending me the money nine years later. Right. Uh, you know, I appreciate it. But if it wasn't for somebody like that, I wouldn't have had... You know, the inspiration. Right. So it's about that. Right. And really the first, the the real premise was how does one small business help another small business? Networking. Well. Yeah, I I mean, that's, and. Well, you remember, remember Pilot Town? Did you ever go to eat there? Pilot Town Fish Company? No. Well, it was down here. That was Jay's thing, right? That was Jay's thing. Did you ever go in? No. No, I was there when it was Kindle. Right. So I went in there and all these great fish had been painted on the wall. And I was like, well, who did that? Heidi Lowe painted all the fish. Right. Now, I don't know if she paid them or they paid her, but, you know, she's a small business. She came yeah. over to help their small business get started, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how that, that started. But, right, networking, not pissing people off, yeah. burning well, bridges. Yeah, that's the, that's the big thing right there. Um, be You know, try to be as much of a pillar of the community as possible. Um, you know, I remember, you know, 20, 30 years ago, like, you could go out, act like a bit of a jackass, and um, almost get away with it. Or get away with it, and then people forgot about it. And you can't do that anymore. You can't do that, and especially not in this town. No. And believe me, when I first moved here, I was a jackass. I remember getting thrown out of the country square. I remember the country square, yeah. (laughs) In February. Right. And I got thrown out, and I go tumbling on the ground, and I'm surrounded by like eight Rehoboth cops. I'm like, you know, this is something for them to do. Yes. You know, in February. So, yes. And, you know, I learned that a lot about... There's a lot of little facets about a small town. You know, you have to, you know, when you're, I can see you here and then I can run into you later at Giant and then see you one more time at Pete's Steak Shop. So yes. you have to kind of 
I try to walk, and it sounds like you do the same thing. Just walk a nice, straight, narrow line and always have your hand out to help anybody that needs it. Yeah, yeah, because you, you never know what impact that's going to have, uh, positive or negative. I will say I was at Giant yesterday, and two people in Giant were wearing Rise shirts. And I, <laughs> so I, I know. That's a big deal. I know, I know the, the, the branding was on point. Uh, for that, it. we have we have done very well with um, kind of the brand and the atmosphere there, and um, it's every time you turn around, uh, somebody's got a sticker on their car, they've got a T-shirt. I mean, there are far more T-shirts in circulation than members at the gym. We'll put it that way. Well, um, but the one thing, and I will tell you, the one thing I love about your gym, and it, gym, talking gyms is always fun, weird because I have a lot of friends that are are involved with a lot of gyms mm-hmm. and it's hard to ever, you know, you don't ever want to badmouth the gym first of all, because you know, it's providing a service that, you know, help promotes health and stuff. But I will say you guys do a great job. And thank you. I, what I love most about your gym is that you're like, you know, join for the month, take a couple months off, come back in a month and join again. Yeah. It's not like this huge commitment. And I feel a lot, I get this like resentment with like little things that I get stuck into and you don't, you don't do that. And I, I, Besides all the amazing equipment and, and the great job that you guys do, but I love that part too. I mean, so that's not – so the popular business model now is to lock you into a year contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the Planet Fitnesses of the world, mm-hmm. um, the Anytime Fitness, all that um, is to lock you in as long as possible. And my wife and I have been stuck in contracts like that where you you there's no escape. Right. You can't get out. Um, and – Life happens sometimes. It gets in the way, and especially down here. Like, so you've got the state park. We've got miles and miles of trails to bike and run on. And, you know, maybe in the summertime, I don't want to go to the gym. It's too crowded. I'm just going to go biking down the trail and go surfing or, you know, swimming or what have you. Um, you shouldn't have to pay to the gym or pay the gym right. if you're not there. So, I mean, that was, that was one of the founding premises is like, just, we don't want to be assholes. You know, we don't want people to walk out the door and be like, man, I got screwed because these guys locked me in. And it's like, no, you know. That's me. Yeah. (laughs) I get (laughs) a resentment. We we bend over backwards. We're like, oh, you know, you're somebody calls three days after their membership renews and they're like, I meant to turn it off. It's fine. We'll refund you. Here's your money back. Exactly. See you when you're ready to come back. Air on the side. Of the customer. Of the customer. Yeah. And that, you know, I think that that's how I am with the salon. You know, I had a lady... I think she was a scam artist, but she, I did her, her, these beautiful highlights. Hair looked amazing at the very end. She goes, this doesn't look like the picture. And I'm like, well, it's better. Oh, I go, you know what? Goodbye. Bye. Yeah. Take your money. Go take the, your money and go get it fixed. Get out. Yeah. Here's the door. I don't need the door. She was just, na- I said, have a great day. Yeah. There are some people that you're just not going to please. Well, I think, yeah. that, I think, you know, she was like, I'm going to make a huge deal. And, and I'm like, I'm not into that. <laughs> so go by. Go, go yeah. be happy somewhere yeah. else. So, but I think, you know, and, and, and the gym itself is amazing. I mean, just, we were just there the other day and I told you, cause you got a brand new rack. That's yes. all the little weights. Yeah. Yeah. The, so, so the funny thing is, is that, um, we ordered the racks and the weights back in December. Uh, the weights arrived within a week. The racks, because it's my OCD candy apple red finish, uh, took four months to come in. And I would not put the new dumbbells out until the new racks were there. So you had to store them They were just stored. They were stored back in the room. And, you know, the guys that helped us move them back into that room were like, where are the new dumbbells coming out? And I'm like, (laughs) I was like, when the racks get here, I don't want to mar them on the old racks. Well, I I was there one day when that all the little pieces came that go on the climbing wall. (laughs) 
All the holds, yeah. Yeah, all the holds, and you're like, oh, where am I going to put all these things? <laughs> exactly. But they're up. So. They, they are up. They are up. You know, and, and that's – so I guess that's one of the things that I'm proud of is that we – we're kind of passionate about it. So there is that kind of continual reinvestment in stuff. So something cooler comes out or there's a new series of holds or new dumbbells or, you know, there was nothing wrong with the old dumbbells. They're a little scuffed up because they're five years old, but. So what do you do with them? Uh, we sell them. Facebook marketplace, you know, put them up there, get rid of them cheap. We did that for the old weights that we had, the old and bumper they moved plates. out pretty quick. They did. They did. Do you ever offer them to like the gym people, the people that yes. are members? Yeah. Um, and I've got someone that's interested in one of the sets of dumbbells. Um, and again, we're just, I think it's like 50 cents a pound or something like that. I mean, that's, that's the going rate. Um, but if somebody's like, oh, I want a pair of twenties, I'm like, no, I need to sell the set, right. you know, uh, absolutely. <laughs> five to 75, excluding 20. Where's um, the twenties? Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're gone. Be a man, step up to the 25s. <laughs> well, I guess that's probably, you know, it's probably easy to get caught up into, you know, to try and to provide the best equipment, but at the same time, still getting your use out of it. Um, no, it's not hard. It's, it's really not hard. I, I mean, provided the investment is there upfront. Right. So, I mean, obviously when we transitioned from the small Lewis location to the big Rehoboth location, um, you know, we raided our 401ks and, you know, home equity loans and everything to just outfit it with kind of the latest and greatest. And, if you look at the life cycle of that equipment, um, you know, the pin loaded and plate loaded stuff is typically about 10 years. Uh, the cardio stuff is about five. So I think to get the, you know, as an example, to get the candy apple red color everywhere. So, you know, you walk in, you see this gorgeous red color and all the equipment and it's kind of color coordinated with the rock wall and yeah. the palette plays well together. Um, they're Deadpool colors, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's, what, movie. that's what inspired it. Um, it I made was, the mistake of taking my children. Oh no! Yeah. The, the what was it? The the one with Fred Savage, the PG version. That was the one to go to with the oh. kids. The one the the Deadpool Before Christmas or something. They they edited it down. I didn't see that one. That was pretty funny. Actually, I took my kids to see Monsters or what was the Squad one with the blonde? Uh, Suicide Squad. Oh God! What a, they're like? We really want to see that. I go. All right. And then halfway through it, I'm like, oh, my God, what have I done? And people are <laughs> yes, staring at me. I'm yeah. like, all right, kids, let's go. Why are these little kids? Well, I think Deadpool was worse. Deadpool um, was worse. Yeah, my 14-year-old is still not seeing the entire cut of Deadpool yet. And I'm like, close your eyes, honey. You're not ready for the scene. It's, they're not. <laughs> no. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No. Um, oh, so. Uh, equipment. Equipment. Um, it was $8,000 more at the onset to have that color done. For the red. For the red. But if you look at, you know, the 10, 15-year lifespan. Um, that's 10 years on the short end. That's 800 bucks a year. And it looks so much better than plain silver or plain black no, or something like that. No, and it looks brand new. I mean, I was just there. Yes, I'm going there today, in fact. And the equipment is the same equipment and it looks brand new. It looks well, spectacular. We do, um, the staff is awesome and they do a great job of wiping everything down. We actually use a car detail spray. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the secret. They are good over there. Yeah. And they're, you know, and... and the other thing that I really love about the gym is that you allow, you know, I'm sure every situation is, you know, you look at, but, you know, you allow my son to go over there and work out. Yeah. And I think he had to be 12. To work out on his own, yes. And he did. He's 12. And, yeah. But, you know, I, I I made a very strong point that, you know, 
he needs to behave, and and he does. And yeah. but you know, when they get to the few friends in there, they have a little fun. So, but I'm like, you know, this is a, a privilege, and he treats it as one. And but not every gym, no, and be you like know, that. And that's where we got burned because you know I had joined a gym um, and was told that I could bring someone with me, mm-hmm. um, and I asked if I could bring my ten year old at that point, ten year old daughter with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, as long as we have a physician, uh, physician's note on file for her, she's good. You can bring her in. So, you know, you go to the doctor and you're like, Hey, I want to go to the gym and exercise with my kid. Can you give me a note? They won't write it fast enough, you know, or they can't write it fast enough. Absolutely. They're like, this is fantastic. Go, you know, cause kids are so sedentary anymore. And, um, that went on for about three months. And then, um, the owner of the gym walked up to me and he's like, how old is she? I'm like, she's 10. What's she doing out here? She's working out. We're, we're on the treadmills. We're going to go lift some weights. She can't be out here. Like, just calls her out in the middle of everybody. Kid starts crying, and then we leave. And then I was locked into a contract for another nine months um, when the entire thing was, let me bring the kid and, you know, get some activity with her. So, you know, that was one of the things that, you know, when we started, we made sure. Like, we went to the insurance company. We're like, here's our policy on kids. Make sure we're covered. And they're like, Good. Good, you're done. I had the same story, and <clears throat> the guy that did that, I really like. So I'm not going to call him out, but <laughs> he didn't have kids at the time, and I used to take David to this other little gym downtown. Who I really liked the guy, right. and I loved the little gym. It was, I get it, but and then one day I brought Sam, <laughs> 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 but we used to go like five in the morning. Right, there was nobody there. Right, and he comes up to me and he goes, "What is this daycare?" I go, you know what? I'm out. Let's go. Yeah. And we haven't been back since. And I and I really and I get it because you know there is a there is like there's pre kids and then you become when you have kids. And now I see he has kids and I see him posting pictures with his kids at the gym. Right. So right. well, there's and there's that fine line you have to walk. Like so, we don't have daycare. We we build a daycare room, but there wasn't enough demand to staff it because you've got to have two people there at any given time, and I, we're just no. Um, we have a daycare gym. Yeah, we do have a daycare gym. But the um, and kids' cottages right across the street. Drop the kid off, come work out if you need to. Um, but we've got members who have exceptionally well-behaved kids, and the kids will sit there on the couch up yeah. front by the front desk and do their homework on their iPad yeah. while the parents are working out. No problems with that. None. You it's know. Great. So. You know, you know, and you, you, you mentioned something that, you know, kids are so sedentary. I think parents are sedentary and they're just pointing out their kids, you know, like they're just making a beef with their children when they're adults are the ones that are sedentary. Yes. I yes. mean, I just read something that Americans and if I read it, so, you know, I'm not sure it's a complete fact, but Americans have now become the number one threat to America. Yeah. Yeah. That's, sedentary lifestyles, man. That's not very patriotic. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I get so it's not. I get, and I'm not going to get into it, but that, that you know, we'll these people will like bombard this guy for taking a knee in the in the NFL because he's not patriotic. But nine out of ten Americans couldn't run to the fence with their musket if we had like some civil war. No. So, and we won't. I'm not. You know, we're not here to start trouble. But you know, people pick and choose what they yeah. want to complain and and point out. But yeah. iPads is another example. Remember five six years ago? It's like. These children on these electronic devices are never going to amount to anything. 
Yeah. And now if your kid doesn't know how to use an iPad, he gets held back. Yeah. No, because it's it's they issue them at high school. Absolutely. Now. It's like, here's your iPad. And you know, the funny thing is like, if I walk into a restaurant and you just take a brief look around at the people sitting, it's usually old people and they're usually looking at their phone. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's my... Um, my pet can we just love the phone for one? I mean, can we get off the phone? I, that, man, that is my pet peeve. And and I'll say that to my wife, my daughter, and I'm like, put the phone away. Put the phone away. Um, you know, we'll be out to lunch at the Pickled Pig. Um, and I look over and there they are. Put it down. Put it down. Instagram that. will be there. I get you that. Know. You know, if you got family time, I get that. But, you know, the phone is now, it's such a big part of our lives. And, and I get when you're spending, like when we have, uh, when we, at dinner, I make dinner and we all sit at the table and no iPads, nothing's allowed at the, when we're having dinner. But afterwards, go have a, a Minecraft battle. Hell yeah. 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 I'm tired of feeling bad about electronic, these, you know, and my kids are active, but, you know, these, oh, I got soccer tonight and baseball. And I go, I think my kids are going to be on a Minecraft battle. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I, and I'm okay with it. Darn right. It. Right. Learn problem, learn problem solving. Yeah. Right. It's, I can't do well, it. Well, it's the new Legos. It's the new Legos. It is the new Legos. Minecraft. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. That's what it is. I, I Yeah. I tell you what, my dad, my 81-year-old father, he's built himself quite a world. <laughs> but he plays him peaceful like he can't, oh, I can't handle no creepers. Right. <laughs> right. Stop. Oh, it's, it's nighttime. Oh, no. Oh, God. Where do I go? I'll never forget when I started, when I first tried Minecraft and it was like the, the night went down. I'm like digging a hole. Oh, my God. Where do I go? Yeah. It, but it, it really creates a lot of anxiety, you know, and you're just a game. Yes. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So the, um, I mean, you opened up a gym. I, I did. think that'd be enough. No, no, it's, it, not, it's never enough. So, well, in the gym, so, um, you know, we have our other business, Decal Girl, uh, that we've had for 16 years this year. Great business. And I had, uh, can I say something real quick about that? Because I had, sure. I was talking to somebody about that and they're like, yeah, I remember when I ordered something from Decal Girl and they got the product and they're like, the return address is Lewis. Yes. Like, what the fuck is this? this? Is in Lewis? Yeah. That was pretty awesome. That was the that was the big secret, and um, it was, you know, like five years ago when I decided to, like, really get in shape. Was having some back issues and was like, you know, try exercise, or we're gonna slice into you and fuse your spine. And I'm like, well, I don't like being cut into, so. We're going to do this exercise thing. And I came to Amanda um, after one like obstacle race event. I started getting into Spartan races and things like that. And I came back to her and I'm like, you know, I think we should open a gym. <laughs> and she just kind of looks at me and I'm just like, no, 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 I think we should. And, you know, that's that's when we started the one in Lewis. Um, and that was a challenge, right? Because that wasn't the most ideal building. No, no. That was, uh, ironically enough, I was, that was a an old brush factory where they made those little horsehair paint brushes that go in glue bottles. Okay. Daubers is what they're called. So that oh, was like that. for um, rubber cement? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was their computer technician 23 years ago. So when they had network problems at their computers, I was the guy that went down there and fixed them. Is that what you used to do? Because, yes. you know, one of the exciting parts of having you on was to try to, you know, I know you. Yeah. But I don't really know you. Um, yeah, all self-taught with, um, computers, like just had a knack for it. Have you guys always, do you want to share a little bit of your journey? What either brought you here? I don't know. Were you born here? No, no, I was actually, so I was born in Wilmington, um, uh, single mother, two kids. Uh, she got remarried, um, to a great guy. Um, 
who just retired from community legal aid. He was a like lawyer for that big nonprofit that, or not big, tiny nonprofit that represents like underprivileged people. Like okay. you don't have an attorney and your landlord's screwing you. Like you went to community legal aid, which is in this little tiny building um, up in Wilmington. And I remember going there as a kid. So not a high power attorney, but, you know, was a champion for the people. Give put it back. that way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Given back. Um, you know, my mom had put herself through paralegal school. Um, as the then oldest of four kids, I was uh, a bit rebellious, hmm. we'll say. <laughs> Rambunctious. Yeah. Um, and uh, moved down here when I was 16 to live with my dad, um, just because I butted heads with my mother. Um, and I love her to death now. Um, but you know, you, you, as a Tina and here, here, this woman was 36. Um, I was 16. She was 36. She had me when she was 20. And, um, what do you do with like, she had like her upbringing, like super strict father, you know, corporal punishment. Like she was the, one of the middle kids out of eight kids. So she just really, I think, didn't know how to handle me. Well, Um, and you know, as much as 36, Seems old. No, man, that's, you're just a kid. That's yeah. That's that's a decade younger than I am now. Right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, you just barely matured. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so kudos to her. Um, and uh, so I moved down here. Uh, lived in a trailer in Potnets. Um, my dad went through a divorce. He was just kind of out and about. I mean, literally would. Uh, Is had, your dad still down here? No. No. I had. Um, I mean, I remember nights there was no electricity because he was out. Partying. Nice. Um, no heat, no food. Um, I had an extension cord run across the street and plugged into another trailer so I could have light. Oh my and my God. grandparents would come over and like put five gallons of kerosene in so I'd have heat for the night. Um, is he just alive? He is. Okay. He is. He lives in uh, upstate New York now. Um, and um, that kind of, I, that was tough, you know, as a kid. Um, it, you know, there's two ways to look at it. So, you know, this is my lot in life. This is what I'm stuck with or kind of the way I approached it. I was like, I'm not satisfied with this. I I don't want to stay like this and I'll be damned if I'm ever going to have a kid that I'm going to put through this sort of hardship. Um, so just That's a pretty big mature decision. And it, and, and I can't for a say 16 that 16 year old. Well, and that, that was, you know, 16, 18. Cause we don't, that. cause we had, you hadn't experienced, you know, the good life. No, no, no. Oh God, no, not at all. I had a $500 car that um, didn't run when I bought it. I had to, you know, figure it out myself with my grandfather's help to put it back together. Um, that, but, your car, your car, your car interest is a whole nother podcast. Yes, it is. It is. Um, I, they number in the dozens of ones I've had. Um, but, um, yeah, so just, you know. You decided you were you were going to make I, a better life for yourself. I, I was. Um, I get that. And pushed, um, ended up working as a mechanic, doing patent auto body stuff, um, tried college, dropped out, um, always had some sort of interest in computers, and then just kind of taught myself as – you know, the internet was evolving, mm-hmm. um, and out, I got into that, um, self-taught and, uh, started doing web design for a lot of local companies. So, and 
was doing pretty advanced stuff at the time. Like, did you ever work at like True Line or or yeah. with? Um... Man, this predates every one of them. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're talking so so to put it this way. So, um, Jack Lingo, um, Gallo, or back then it was Joy Gallo. All of those, um, I had written these dynamic searchable websites where you could find properties for sale and for rent. Um, and you're, you're talking 1996, so 23 years ago. Well, I moved here in 94, and honestly, I don't think my dad was big into computers, but I don't think he had the internet. Yeah, I mean, it was so niche back in 90, then. 94, 95. And, and, um, Maybe he did. I don't remember. I just... That, remember the dial-up? Yeah. I do remember. Yeah, we did, we did dial-up um, and uh, then got to work, um, went to work for CENet in Georgetown as a web developer, then uh, Delmarvo Online down in Salisbury, and um, had gotten some awards along the way, um, some national-level stuff in terms of like skill and design and technical expertise, and um, ended up working um, on the side for uh, Showtime up in New wow. York. I, um, it's kind of a big deal. I had done a proof of concept website for a TV series um, that got so popular it overloaded the server at Delmarva Online. So I shut it down. And then two days later, I get an email from some guys at Showtime, and they're like, hey, we need you to come to New York. We need to talk. So I got a contract position up there for probably like three, four years. That's um, like a Casey Neistat story. Yeah, like spearheading this website stuff for them. Um and Decal Girl, I mean, Decal Girl was started, um, Amanda was working part-time at uh, GNC down in Rehoboth. She um, had just finished up uh, her college education at Wilmington College at that point, or Wilmington, whatever it's called. Back then, I think it was Wilmington College. Now it's Wilmington University. Uh, she has a degree in uh, elementary education. And they're like, there's no jobs. And I was like, you know what? We, we're, we're into cars. We can make stickers for cars. And you can sell them on eBay and a website. And I'll build the website for you. And you know what? If you make $3,000 a month in stickers, that's like that's, that's not a lot of stickers, we'll be okay. That's what you would make as a teacher. And, um, you know, who knew? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and know? I don't even know, you know, I don't even know how big Decal Girl is, quite honestly, because I, I just know that I've... The small little town, but I it's worldwide. We at we at one point had, I think, thirty-seven employees at our largest. Um, I mean, we downsized. You you got to the point where, you know, your payroll's over a million dollars a year. Yeah. We'll put it that way. We had employees in California, employees in Delaware, you know, VPs of this, directors of this. And um at the end of the day with that, you know, we're selling, you know, millions of dollars in product to Amazon. And you know, we did a deep, it's super stressful. And, um, we did a deep dive at that point and I'm like, it's not making any money. So you're, you're spending all this money and you're not making anything. So yeah, Amazon bought $800,000 worth of Kindle skins, but you actually lost like four cents per Kindle skin, you know, so that doesn't make sense. So we, uh, we down becoming a billionaire and you're not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so we downsized that, um, you know, kind of pulled back. and Well, and that was also kind of, you know, there was this transition that kind of happened because there, at one point you could put a skin on everything. I mean, I yes. bought skins yeah. to put on stuff. And then all of a sudden, like when, the, remember like the first initial iPod, you yep. know, that we skin, I put a first skin Xbox. on that, the first Xbox. We did that, yep. And then, 
cases came out. All yeah. of a sudden, the cases. Yeah. And then you started guys kind of making the cases personally. We do the cases, yeah. So I got some cases from you. So then, but then everybody just kind of went away from it. Well, and you know, it's still there. It's a decent market. There's the drone stuff is great for us. Like we, we spearhead the, the drone skins. I got a drone right here. Skin um, that mother. Yeah. They're great. I mean, especially for <clears throat> high visibility stuff or branding, put the FA numbers it's on funny, it. It's funny. This drone is bright orange. It's is an it? Altel. Okay. It's the only drone that they make bright orange. Right. So yeah. Cause it's funny. I had black ones. You can't see you can't, You can't see it. No, it's ridiculous. No. Um, so yeah, I mean that when we downsized it, I'm like, we need to do something else too. Like I, and it, can it, I just say, you know, Amanda's, if I remember correctly, Amanda's family had the camera store on Rehoboth Avenue. Yes. Yeah. Her mother and stepfather. So it's been small business. You guys are like small business. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Serial. Um, right. And I the, remember that store. Uh, right down the street from you. Um, Harvard Business Services. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy in my early 20s, Rick Bell, um, was kind of my mentor. And when I'm like, man, I don't know if I can quit my job and go out on my own. He's like, you can do it. I mean, I was doing a lot of contract work for him. I had the contract with Showtime, um, and they were feeding me some other projects. And I was, but I was still working for Delmarva Online, so I was still commuting an hour every day to go to work, hmm. um, an hour each way. And um, Rick pulled me aside, and he's like, "You need to just go out on your own and do it." I was like, "Man, I don't know." You know, we had just bought a house. I'm like, I've got this big house payment. It's like a thousand dollars, and I don't know. I'm just not real comfortable with that. And he's like, all right, I'll guarantee you $1,000 in contract work every month. He's like, if you don't do anything, you'll still get a check for $1,000. He's like, otherwise, you you know, you know, bill the projects accordingly. But he's like, I'll guarantee you $1,000 a month. Quit your job. Isn't that weird when someone has more faith in you than you have in yourself? Yeah, yeah. So That's how Matt was. Because he's like, you know, you, I used to always say, I want to open my own salon. It was a lot of motivated by just annoyance at right. these places I was working. But he goes, if you want to open your own salon, go talk to this lady at this bank. Right. I'll set the appointment up for you. Yeah. Or shut up. Yes. I'm yes. like, oh. Stop complaining right. about it. Yeah. yeah. And Yeah. You know. No, and that's, it's, so there were those people out there, like Matt or Rick, that- Believe in um, you. Yeah. She's something that maybe you don't see at that point, you know? Because, I mean, we were doing, I was doing decent, doing well, um, but- it, I think he saw more potential with that. So, well, and you know, it seems like just, I mean, if you're, if you're driven, if you're honest and if you're not, Matt used to say, as long as you're not smoking crack and paying for hookers, you should work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you're driven right. and you're an honest guy and you're right. not smoking crack and paying for hookers, right. you probably could do anything you want. Yeah. No. And it's, and you have patient people around you. Right. Right. And, and a team, you know, and, uh, that is one thing. So all of my stuff is a team effort with my wife. So, you know, she, and your had, wife is great. I, I, she is fantastic. Well, um, and I've known, so our relationship, you and I and, and Amanda's relationship started probably, I guess it's probably been 13 years now. Cause I used to cut her hair. Yeah. Your wife used to have long blonde hair and yep. I used to make it look awesome. And then, you know, and, and I was thinking about this last night, you know, anytime you do someone's hair or you have that kind of relationship and then it ends for whatever reason, cause our relationship, our relationship did end, but it wasn't, because I think... Yeah, I don't think it was any... It wasn't bad. It, no. I think it was like, hey, I'll do your hair if you, you know, skin something. I, I don't remember. Right. It doesn't... It's fine. But, you know, it's a, like a breakup. And, you know, as a... And, you know, like even when people don't show up at the gym, you know, yeah. I could be like, screw her. 
Why is why why is that person posting pictures from this other gym? Why are they not at mine? Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like it gets it, it can be personal, but you know I learned that a long time ago. I just have to be like, hey, I always have to be ready when they come back if they ever come back. Right. So going through that, but we've always had a great relationship. And like I said, I just when I talked to you about the podcast, I ran into her, and I swear we talked for like twenty minutes in the in the parking lot. Yeah, you know she's just a great person. She is, you know, and she's you know she's like I got I got a lot of ideas for this podcast. <laughs> I was like. But get Ryan on first. She gets shit done. You know, that is the, you know, I am much more of the, you know, here's the thousand foot view and here's some of the goal points that we need to hit along the way. But, you know, she is, she is my right hand person. So she actually comes up with the measurables and she's like, okay, these people are doing this. This is like, she sets that sort of thing um, in terms of operations. So she deals with both businesses all the employees, that's hers. I don't have the patience for it. Um, because, And that's, I was good as a sole proprietor um, when I was doing contract stuff because it wasn't freelancers, it was just me. So I knew that I could push myself to, to get something done or, or you know, knock some project out in a real narrow uh, time span. And um, to some extent, I had problems managing people because I expected that same sort of drive. And you you don't, you don't get that. Well, you know, the conversation that you have with yourself to motivate yourself to do something isn't isn't always a kind conversation with somebody else. No. They don't always ex- feel the love. No. <laughs> you no. know, it's like, what do you mean you didn't do it? That's stupid. Right, <laughs> right. Okay, I quit. Bye. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, you know, but you're good at what you do. And that, you know, I think that's, a, you know, a skill in itself to be determining who's good at this. And you're not good and, at this part. So don't, you stay clear of this. So it's gotten better. Um, I've grow learned, up. Yeah, I've learned more over the years. So like it's, I'm, I'm more patient than I was. Um, so, you know, leadership type stuff at the fire company. Um, that's seltzers for you. Oh, is it? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. It's cold and, and chilled and because we're getting ready to start talking about fire. Fire. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I, I, I love fire. <laughs> well, we had just went through some pretty <clears throat> pretty bad, like we had a tornado. Yep. We've had um, we've had some bad storms and then we I know we had like, just recently I, I remember that fire we had on Westside Drive. Yeah. That's down in like that's where the, like the big money's at. Yeah. Yeah, that's where and it's that, serious. That was a uh, that was an interesting one too. Um, so the the you know we have paid career people that do the so be, I'm gonna just let me okay because you uh, you you're a volunteer fire fireman. Yes, yeah, I am. And and when I first met you, you weren't. So no, this I is something that I won't say it's new. I would say probably a couple years. Yeah, yeah, thereabouts. And um, and I told you this the other day. That's inspirational. I'm not signing up, but that's inspirational. Well, we I need, think it's awesome. We do need people to help. In non-firefighting capacities. Um, What's that? Like Carry the buckets? No, that's what Amanda does. Like she's a member um, and they they call them um, associate members. And she helps with more of the fundraising operations and um, community events and things like that. She's no interest in the fire side of stuff. She's like Hmm. fire and EMS side. She's like, no. She's like, that's your baby. Um, Can you just walk up and say, hi, I'd like to join? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's there's an application that you can fill out online now because um, I took care of that. Um, Do you want to say where you would find that application? Uh, RehobothBeachFire.com. That makes sense. They, they um, did you come up with that name? No, no that 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 predated me. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was um, a few years back, 
you know, I was 42 and too old to do, you know, I'd gotten pretty fit mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and I, I really couldn't do anything with it. Um, there's no career in being fit. <laughs> there isn't, there isn't. Um, no, I mean, not. short of CrossFit and I'm not, I'm not a CrossFitter. I, no. I don't have the overhead mobility as, as my rotator cuff surgery indicated. Um, the, um, no bad mouthing CrossFit either. No, no, yeah. dude. Um, I've got friends that are avid CrossFitters, just not for me. And they, they could possibly kick my ass. So, yeah. You know. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> Love CrossFit. Um, yeah. CrossFit's awesome. Awesome um, CrossFit. So, you know, I had gotten to the point where, you know, you can go do obstacle races, you can do this, and go ruck events, and all sorts of other stuff. But I'm go like- Go ruck. That's, just so people know, that's that, like, backpack. Yeah, you, you put, put, put the back. backpack, and they smoke you for, you know- Fill it with weights. Six to 48 hours. A um, bunch of special forces guys like yelling at you and team building sort of thing. Like good stuff. Um, right. But well, I just wanted, I wanted you to, to share that so that people, all the millions of listeners, <clears throat> yes. know what that is. Yeah, do go rock stuff, especially if it's down in Rehoboth because then we start at the gym. And nice. um, that's fun. Um, so, you know, I was too old to go into the military, um, too old to go into police academy, like, Literally could do nothing with it because I'm like, okay, like I've built this great base of tactical fitness. You know, right. I can carry stuff like I'm, I'm durable, I'm this and I'm that. And what do I do with it? Crap, I'm too old for this. Crap, I'm too old for that. Because I wanted to do something good. Is there an age limit on being a state police? Yeah. Yeah, you got to be. I think it's uh, 42 by the time you graduate from the academy. And I was, I was past it. I was like, oops, you know. Um so same thing with the military. Like I was like, oh, I could go National Guard. Nope, too old. Um, so, so sorry. Yeah. Um, the fire company stuff came up. And I, I, I had no involvement. Um, like there's no family history of fire service stuff at all. Like I'm the trailblazer with this. And, um, you know, I just remember in high school, like the kids with the license plates on the front that would just go run into the firehouse anytime some with their little wa- with their little pager. Yes, yeah, with their pager that's that's <clears> on my bag. Well, um, and you know, and I've told you this before. I, I grew up not grew up, but I, earlier when I moved here, I was friends with um, Robbie Doback. Yeah, who's like he he bleeds fire red fire mm-hmm. truck red. Well, I guess white that would be white, blood white yeah. for Rehoboth. Oh, fire truck. Yeah, yeah fire, white. firefights are white or fire trucks are white. But he's, you know, he's a, I mean, he's one of the hardest working guys I've ever met. Yeah. I mean, him and his father, and they're just, you know, but they're, Pat, Rob's passionate about the volunteer fire department. Yeah. So, yeah, I know it's, it's a small group. It is. It is. It is a small group and it's dwindling. Um, I read some report yesterday that the numbers nationwide are down from like 800,000 um, in 2015 to 600,000 in... 2017. That's just volunteering for fire. Yeah, the volunteer fire service nationwide. How about how about is Rehoboth? How's Rehoboth? It's, it's pretty light too. I mean, you've got you know it was much more acceptable back in the day. Um, you know, well, and it also you know it's kind of one of those things like oh, I'm a volunteer fire. De- you know, I work for the volunteer. I'm a volunteer for the fire department, and usually your friends around you would kind of join or, yeah. you know, it's, it was almost kind of like um riverboat pilot. You almost had to yes. be part of the family to get yes. in. Yeah. But no, what you're saying is not so openings. much anymore. Yeah. Oh, there's openings. Yeah. And, and there's just nation, like I said, nationwide there's attrition. So if you look at the basic firefighting class that they teach up in Dover, 
Um, and Delaware actually has one of the best fire schools in the country. Uh, yeah. Like they're known, which, and, and I had no idea. Um, usually the basic class that's caught, taught twice a year um, had 200 people in it. Um, and then you'd have some attrition as they went through the, you know, the different, like the next classes, you know, like when they get into structural firefighting, like it might be down to like 120 people and then hazardous materials response. You might be down to like 90 or a hundred. So, you know, it kind of weeds people out because a lot of people are down with it in theory, but then, you know, when you're, you can't see anything, it's hot, you know, or you're exposed to fire. They're like, no, you know what? Or, or, Climbing a ladder, thirty some feet up. Nope, nope, not for me. You know, um, I couldn't. I couldn't. And, do it. and I've seen that happen. But um, so the classes used to be a couple of years ago were two hundred people, eighty. There's eighty people now in the next class. So do you think we just need to try to get the word out? I I think that's a lot of it. Yeah, um, and that's you know that's one of the things that Amanda and myself are working on down in um, Rehoboth is recruitment, recruitment and retention you know, bringing new people in, um, fresh blood. I mean, people that don't have a background in it and maybe they're, you know, 20 to 40 years old and, you know, kind of established here and they've got some spare time on their hands. Can I ask a dumb question? But sure. Can girls be volunteer fire department? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Would you have your daughter do it? Uh, she actually gets voted in next month. Yes. Uh, as a junior, um, they go through the same training. Um, I don't know why I keep saying volunteer fire department. <laughs> like, is she going to be a volunteer, f- volunteer fire department? <laughs> a volunteer fireman. Yes. Yes. Fire, fire firefighter. Yes. The, uh, the politically correct word now. I did so um, well until we got to this tricky <laughs> subject. <laughs> There's so up. many words. Um, fireman. Yes. Firefighter. Um, well, that's awesome. You know, and I was, cause listening to you, I was thinking, I wonder, you know, I wonder if David would be interested in my, yeah. my older son. And it's, so there's a lot of people that are in you know, the medical field or law enforcement who kind of cut their teeth in the fire service because it's still kind of a paramilitary organization. There's a command structure um, and a chain of command um, that you have to follow. Um, It just teaches good leadership and team skills. Um, Damn right. You're saving people's houses. Yeah. And lives. My, uh, My wife's brother, Timmy, is a fireman up in Connecticut. And they're coming down tonight. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's been in some pretty sticky situations. Yeah. And I got all the respect in the world for that guy. And both of you. I mean, honestly, that's. I think it's a, it's amazing that you guys do that. Have you had, um, have you, you know, is this a dumb question, but have you had any situations which kind of freaked you out? Um, you know, there was one. Um, there was one, and it didn't, and it wasn't that it was gory or dangerous, um, we had a lift assist call. So the EMS crew and the paramedics, um, went to this kind of like low income area, um, to get this guy out. He was having some sort of issue and the guy was like paralyzed from the waist down Mm. and, um, you know, real tiny single wide trailer, um, I just remember walking through this room to get back to this guy to help lift him on this stretcher and get him out of there. Um, cause they're like, he's, he needs to go to the hospital. He's not going to make it. And, um, there was a bucket with a toilet seat on it. Mm. 
that was the bathroom. And then, you know, carrying the guy out, you know, getting him onto the stretcher, getting him into the ambulance, like with the EMS crew. And, um, yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, you're, it was probably, probably kind of similar to how things were when I was like 16 or 17. Not that, not the recorders and it was a tiny single wide, but you know, it was unfinished and, um, was not the best, but you know, I just feel bad for the guy. Yeah, it's with it, that. It, you don't have to look far. <clears throat> I don't. I should speak for myself. I don't have to look far to realize how, how, and I don't want to say good I have it because I do feel like I played a small role in that. But I got it pretty good. Yeah, you know. Um. So you know, a lot to be grateful for. How hard was it to watch that Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame fire? Um. And you know, I you know Trump. Of course, he tweets, you know, well, <laughs> drop an airplane with water on it. I didn't think it was a bad idea, quite honestly. The way that thing was burning. Yeah, no. Like, and, oh, and, for and God's I had, sake. I had other guys in the fire service that were online. They're like, put some water on it already. I know. And so, and then everyone's like, you know, bad-mouthing Trump about, you know, the suggestion. Of course, all that water could knock the whole building down. Yeah, maybe that's true. But there was no water going on the fire. I mean, there yeah. was, it's, it's something to watch a hose splash inside yeah. of the wall. I mean that's got to drive. It, it's just and you know. I, did you see any of the news from from you know they're showing inside the place now? No, it's actually not bad. What burned down was I guess they it called the, it the forest. Yes, yes, yeah, like the that roof big roof structure up there with these hundred however year old you know timber um, pieces of timber. That's what burned, but for the most part, everything else is kind of made out of block. Yeah, yeah, which is so, good. So it yeah, and they'll rebuild it. No um, Well, and you know, if this this was weird. I was watching the news last night, and they said that they have two hundred and seventy million dollars worth of donations already. Already. And you know, people. There's a lot of people that aren't really, you know, they'll poo poo religion, they'll poo poo, you know, organized religion. But when something like that happens, to see that kind of outreach, yeah, I I thought it was pretty inspiring. Really, two hundred seventy million dollars in one day already. And there were people donating millions of dollars. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean... I, I mean, think, one person, I think, donated several million. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know who that was, but... I think that kind of transcends religion to right. some extent. I mean, like, that that just is a work of art. Like, look at it that way. And that, that's kind of like... And I'm not a real religious person. No, um, and... I am. That, that's no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Uh-oh. We can agree to disagree. No, I'm um, not. I'm just right, kidding. I'm totally right. kidding. I think you would know. I, I said that because I hope you would know I'm not. Yeah. Um, no, just how the heritage behind that and the architecture behind that. Oh, and, um, yeah, that's just a big loss. Well, that is sad, but I was wondering what, you know, just the fact of to watch that thing just basically go up in flames without yeah. any water. And I'm not even sure what water would have done. At that point, puts the fire out. Yeah, yeah typically. That was a lot of fire. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you need a lot of water. Yeah. But it was cool to find out that, you know, because they showed inside. I'm like, oh, it doesn't look so bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, just burn the top down. Don't look at the roof. Yeah, don't look at the roof. <laughs> so what's the, um, so what's next on the adventure for Ryan Peters? I know I have, I have been watching you and all of a sudden it seems like you're like kind of ref building cars and stuff. Yes. Where are you getting these old cars, first of all? Um, all over the country, actually. Um, just don't buy one from Kentucky. I learned that with the Astoro Blue M3. 
What was the what was the matter? Uh, man, I swear to God, the uh, driver's side door panel was held on with one screw and duct tape. It was terrible. I mean, now it's it's immaculate. It is like I restored it. It is gorgeous. Well, you'd have changed that anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah, I fixed it. Yeah, I yeah. changed the whole interior out and you know had half the car. So repainted. do you do you turn them? Do you flip them? Do you sell um, them? I so that one I sold. I did not make any money on it. I actually lost a bit of money, but it was one of those, you know, I will not be beaten. You know, every time I turn around and there was a problem with it, like I just fixed it um, and just kept fixing, you know, every time I found something. When it was all finished, it was a pretty sweet ride. Um, yeah, it's an awesome ride. I don't th- I don't think I ever saw it completed. I know I, I think I followed you on the white one and I know I followed you on the uh, Bronco. Yeah. Do you still have the Bronco? No. Um, Dave Wilson, the guy that owns uh, Preston Motors actually has the Bronco in his private collection now. Oh, he bought it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's got this massive pole building that's, you know, his car collection, and it's sitting in there. So he's like, good taste. So when I first met you, you had this most, the sweetest coppery orange Corvette that I've ever seen. Yep. That was a death trap. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a death trap? Yeah, yeah it was. Like, legitimately, that's, that's when, um, so we bought it. Sent it off to Indiana to have it supercharged. Oh, I forget. We'll see. You got death trapped it. Yeah. So the thing had 700 horsepower. Jesus Christ. So I remember. Um, I remember I was driving a G8 GT yes. to Pontiac, and I think it had 400. And I, I, poor thing. I was coming home from West Ocean City, had a dentist appointment down there, was coming back with my daughter. And we went to pass a dump truck on Route 24, a little narrow passing section. And it wasn't, I wasn't driving like an asshole. The roads were just cold. It was two days after Thanksgiving. And I got next to the dump truck. All of a sudden, the car lost traction, and the ass end of the car swung underneath of the dump truck and then back out. Oh, my God. The kid's like, Daddy, you're scaring me. And I was like, all right, we're getting rid of the car. Um, so that's, Isn't that kind of weird when your kid takes a special moment to get yeah. honest? <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're freaking me out. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's when I bought the uh, first GTR. Like that Nissan. Uh, and then one. the GTR showed up. Yes. Yeah. And the GTR was, I kept I'm sure that, that was lower horsepower, right? Uh, yes, it was. It was about 600. Um, but it was all wheel drive, so it didn't go underneath of. Um, that car was sweet. Yes. And it, it was sold um, to pay for gym equipment when we opened the first gym up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, priorities. That's the, uh, now, did you get another one? Uh, yes. Yeah, I bought a 2015 um, years later and did a bunch of stuff to that, tinkered with it, but never really drove it. Never really drove it. Yeah. I'm always, I'm, I kind of, I laugh a little and it, it, Mike, I mean, I, the car I drive isn't, it's not fast. I mean, it would be considered more of a, a faster kind of, you know, sedan, but it's not, you know, it's not a race car, but I, I laugh at these guys that drive these, you know, 700 horsepower Corvettes or these, you know, these cars or these Ferraris and they, and you pat, they're, they're so slow. I'm like, dude, at least go the speed limit. Right, right. Or the Porsche. I love the, you know, I'm a big Porsche fan. You don't have a Porsche now, do you? I do not. Thank God. I do not. I am, I am, Amanda and I had a discussion about this, and um, I'm through the whole fast car thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's, you know, I, I did a stint, like, on motorcycles, track days, and, you know, have thousands of miles around racetracks on motorcycles. And I'm just to the point Oh, I remember. Where, ah, I forgot yes, all about yeah. the track on the motorcycle. Yeah, and I'm just to the point where, you know, my current car is down at Rudy's European getting some, like, the suspension overhauled. Um, and it's a 20-year-old M3 convertible. 
Like it has 250 horsepower and it's a manual transmission. It is the most analog car to drive, but it's fun. You know, it's not, it's quick, but it's not, it's not fast. Well, and you can't drive fast anywhere. You can. I mean, you, these guys, I mean, and you know, no disrespect to the state police, but you know, their job is to catch your ass and, and there's just nowhere, even like from the salon to the bridge used to be kind of a fun place to hit it, but they're, they're all over that. Yeah. No. And, and you know, and they should be part of it. They should, um, you know, I think the other part of it was, you know, again, we talk about public perception and, um, I didn't want to be the guy pulling up to the gym that had some like fancy sports car, like six figure sports car. And they'd be like, Oh, it must be really nice. You know, I'm like, no, I don't, I'm over that. I hate, I I hate when people imply that you're, you know, some sort of rich millionaire because you own a gym. Yes. I mean, people, fun fact, we still don't take paychecks from the gym. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, and I won't even get into what I get paid here at the salon, <laughs> but you know, people say, "Do, you, do, do does, does the owner get tipped?" And I go, "I'm probably the brokest one in the, in right, the building." Right. You know, I, I need a tip. Right. You know, I'm. Everybody else comes first. Yeah. Everybody else comes first. Yeah. So um, that Amanda and I had a big discussion about it when I picked up this last M3 that I have, the silver one, and um, I was like, "I'm going to tinker with it. I'm going to restore it. I mean, it's in great shape already, but I'm going to make it." perfect and um enjoy it yeah i was like i can go out in the garage i can turn wrenches on it it's easy to work on and like it's not going to depreciate i used to know a lady who owned another salon and she would drive this broken down truck to work (laughs) (laughs) but if you ever saw her out she rode around a mercedes right right but she and for the same reason you know how can i you know if if i'm asking money from a client and I'm driving a Mercedes. Yeah. You know, it does, it is interesting. They're like, no, they don't need it. Um, right. Exactly. And it just, honestly, and you're right. There's no place to drive things down here. So I want to get a Tesla. No, there's too much money. Well, that's, that's a different topic. Yeah. I was like, I want one. I want an, I've driven one. Um, and they're awesome, but I'm too cheap. I'm just like, no, I'm good. I was, my last car cost $7,900. Do you know who Joe Rogan is? Yes. So he's a big muscle car guy. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? That's that like stainless steel Corvette he made? No. It's, I think, in like Jay Leno's garage or something. Okay. But um, he, got, he drove a Tesla and he goes, I hate the fact that I love this car. He goes, motor cars are so stupid. <laughs> he goes, this car, it won't even let you crash for the most part. I mean, it's like, you know, every wheel's controlled. Right. But I really want to get one. That's that's kind of how the GTR was. I compare it to a video game. Like you just turn the steering wheel in the direction you wanted to go, mash the throttle, and let the computer figure it out. That's how that car is. It's not with six hundred horsepower, but yeah, I would. I will. I will only have an all wheel drive car. Because um, I, I gave up like my four wheel drive. I had that. I had a Cherokee or a Jeep or you know Grand Cherokee, whatever it was. And you know we do get some snow every once we in a while here. And if you're not slightly prepared, you are slightly out of luck yeah and so when i got rid of the jeep i was like i'm so over suvs or these big cars so i bought a sedan but i bought all-wheel drive right and it gets around in the snow yeah that's the only way to do it anymore yeah i um, mean my dad has a gt a g uh, what does he have a gta transit 1989 gta trans Am. yes rear wheel drive is it maroon by chance no it's silver okay it's the okay. silver with the gold wheels okay yeah i remember the ones i had um 
I had an old Trans Am back in the day, and the GTA was like, <gasps> he still it's still in his garage. He still it's still pristine condition. Really, in fact, he had it repainted and wow. he had it, the interior redone. It's it's mine. Yeah, I have back a back off, uh, Ryan. I I got a friend of mine in the, fi- in the fire company who drives around a 1989 IROC convertible. I was like, wow, John, that's awesome. That's that's a well. He's, was, like, he's uh, like, it still feels like a 30-year-old car, though. It was always battle between Pontiac and Chevrolet. Yes. I wish that, you know, I won't even get into a, a whole topic, but they were, I was watching, somehow I started watching a show about NASCAR and why they can't seem to recreate the fame and, you know, the, the real, because there was a period of, of time when NASCAR was huge. Yes. Remember, remember up in Dover, remember there was a track. Yeah. And then one year they built a second level. And then they built a third level, and then they filled in the middle. And then by the time at the heyday, that was a three-level bowl. It is so massive now that um, that's actually where they teach uh, elevator rescue class at the Dover Downs. At Dover Downs, yeah, but th- but they started. They took down. They've taken it apart. They took it down the second level. They've they've deconstructed that track. It still looks pretty big from the back, right? But I mean. Yeah. You know, but the you know, I feel like you know when people were like passionate about Pontiac and Ford and Chevrolet, right. and now it's just so cookie cutter. Different podcast, but you know, cars are always going to be a, a a fun you know I, thing I, to talk about. I think that um, but that period has kind of waned. I mean, you get a bunch of the the millennials that could care less about a car. Yeah, and you know, and one day it's really that personalized kind of thing that we used to have is going to going to go away, and it's going to be just actually yeah, self driving. Yeah, just for transportation. It's going to be like what was it, uh, Demolition Man with uh, Sandra Bullock and Sylvester Stallone, right? The little cop cars that were all self driving. Well, and what was the what was the one with Tom Cruise when um, Priority uh, Minority Report? Minority. Oh, that was yes. such a good movie. It was. It was I mean, with the Lexus. Yeah, that but actually remember, looks suspiciously like the new Lexus Coupe. I wouldn't. Well, and you know what's also going to happen eventually? There will be no like used cars, you know, because it's going to be so tech that if your car isn't like on its complete game, yeah, it's going to be dangerous. They're just going to scrap it. <laughs> yeah, they're like no. This everything's you know like you see these mu- these movies of the future and they're like zoom 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 and then they yeah. connect and then it's like hundred miles an hour down a tube. Yep. You know if your car can't quite connect. It's stuck at like ninety seven, and you're screwing the entire system up. Yeah, that's a problem. Do you like Do you like Elon Musk? I mean, do you like Teslas other than the fact that you, you just don't want to spend any money on one? Um, I mean, when you drove it, I mean they're I, they're fast. I like the simplicity. Yeah, of it. they're fast. The self driving thing is a little unnerving, um, but I'm a fan of Elon Musk's. I like Elon Musk. The he's like our he's the real world Tony Stark. Right. Um, exactly. But I, yeah, eh, they're okay. You know, you like motor. I, I do like motor. I get that. I do like. I like manual transmissions. You know. Hey, if I invited you back, would you come back? Of course, of course. Because I feel like you had, maybe we had a whole lot of stuff that you might have wanted to talk about, and we never got to it. <laughs> just that rambling conversation. We're well, fine. And, and I, you know, and I told you this the other day. I said I'd really just want to have you on just to establish who you are. Right. You know, just just to share that, and then. You know, I'd love to have you back as much as you would come back, and we'll talk about whatever. But I didn't want to try to stuff too much into into our initial okay. chatting. And uh, yeah, no, it'd be fun. But I appreciate. I really, really appreciate you coming on. It's a big deal to me, and I, I thank you. Awesome, glad to be here. Had fun. All right, Ryan. All right, Tom. Have a great day, bud. See you, man. Bye.